Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. I am Mithila. Welcome to the show, guys. Yes, welcome to yet another episode, guys. I'm Kunal and it's great to be back one more week in 2021. And Kunal, uh, speaking of 2021, the first car reveal of the season has already happened. Uh, we had the McLaren uh, launch, actually, the MCL 35M. And I must say, Kunal, it was a pretty classy event. Yes, and I think the only M that people are interested in when it comes to McLaren this season is the M that follows the 35. That means it's powered by the Mercedes engines. And Absolutely. that's, that's going to be like the thing to follow. But Kunal, I was talking about the car launch. And, you know, uh, I'm someone who's been following Formula One since like the 90s. And I've been following McLaren very closely, specifically. I must say that everything that McLaren does these days is very un-McLaren-like. Well, yes, it, it's difficult to disagree with you on that. And yes, talking also about the launch event, I, I loved the vibe between Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo and it's sort of going to be the thing to look out for when it comes to, I would say driver rivalries, but driver relationships, driver bonding and all of that, the whole friendly vibe and the funny vibe that they bring. And But yes, I actually still can't get my head around you know, the McLaren anthem that they tried to get the drivers to yeah, compose. That and, was amazing. Well, okay, I thought that okay if it's it's okay I, I thought what are you doing with a Ricardo and a Norris in your team and doing a musical anthem I mean it's not like you have a Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton you know guys who play musical instruments and personally I thought that you know with uh, with a driver lineup that boasts of being probably the funniest two guys in the paddock maybe a stand-up comedy show would have made more sense. Just, Kunal, I'll let them know I'm sure they're listening and taking notes furiously but Honestly, I don't think it was all that bad. I mean, I enjoyed listening to Norris and Ricardo, uh, the rapping bit. And of course, you know, the side of Norris uh, playing the guitar. That was pretty interesting. And in general, I would say a good evening with McLaren. It was enjoyable. It was fun. And it was the first official event of the 2021 F1 season. So, yes. Yes. you. We can't take that away from McLaren, right? The first official launch event and... All of that, given how everyone was just waiting to see cars. And uh, for those of you actually annoyed with McLaren for revealing the same livery that they used in 2020, let's remember, guys, Ferrari have been using the same livery since, like, forever. And Kunal, to be honest, I don't understand this whole fascination for regular livery changes. I remember my years of growing up through, you know, uh, watching Formula One races and Teams literally retain their livery for years, maybe with minor tweaks here and there, but overall, very, very similar. Yeah, so we are actually going to deliver a spoiler alert for the next nine team launches and livery launches to follow. Guys, please do not be surprised if the other nine cars look the same as they did in 2020 as well. Because, hey, the cars are actually going to be the same, apart from like a lot of changes under, under the hood. And if you want me to be more specific, yes, the changes will be to the floor of the cars, but you literally just see the floor in a very flat angle. So you're not going to see it till the team shows you the floor. And I think I don't care about liveries. All I care is if they have new sponsors added. Frankly, I love the memes, you know, the, which were pointing out how there's no visual difference between McLaren's uh, car this year and last year. So, full marks for humor quotient. Yes, and there actually isn't a difference because, like I said, the cars are just the same. 
the pandemic, of course, means that we are trying to carry forward as much as we can from 2020 to 2021. But, uh, you know, the Inside Line F1 podcast has now been around for 10 years. And every year during car launches, it's pretty much this time of the year, uh, I say what I'm about to say again. I know is, what you're going to say, yes. but please go ahead and say it. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, the car that a team launches uh, during all these global press events is almost never going to be the car that the team turns up with at the first race, right? Uh, frankly, it's foolish to field your designs when all eyes are on you. This is the sport where you hide designs, not showcase them. Kunal, now that you've gotten that comment off your chest, <laughs> I'm just thinking that, you know, in the last episode, when we looked forward to the new decade of Formula One, you should have inserted this comment in that episode as well. So that was a missed opportunity for you. And I think you're going to go ahead and mention this comment in what? Every single season going forward? Every time we talk about car launches, Kunal is going to hit play on this particular dialogue? Yes, I should. And actually, I have a lot of statutory messages like these that I repeat several times. You also have a lot of these uh, typical one-liners that you always keep saying. I always uh, think of you when you say, helmets off. (laughs) So guys, if y'all are listening in and y'all have been listening to us for some time, if y'all think of any, um, you know, phrases and lines that Kunal uses too often, let us know. We'll have a good laugh about it next episode. Yes, and I will include them all every season at the right opportune times, I would say. But, you know, apart from helmets off, I strangely can't remember any other one-liner that I use. Maybe just that the Strolls will buy Formula 1 one day and Lance will become (laughs) world champion. Anyway, this episode is about McLaren and how they are looking uh, to become like the super brand in the world of motorsport. So I'm going to bring that back into focus. Absolutely. For all of you listening, don't let Kunal's early criticism, you know, about the McLaren anthem lead you guys to believe otherwise. Uh, I think when Kunal and I sat down to discuss this episode, both of us were absolutely in awe of McLaren's recovery in Formula 1. And also, you know, their plans in the world of motorsport, global expansion plans, so to speak. Yes, and before we start, a big thank you to Lucien for his music for the Inside Line F1 podcast. You guys can all listen to Lucien Byfield on Spotify, iTunes and Pantcast. Lucien is amazing. And while you guys listen for McLaren to launch their musical anthem, go listen to Lucien's music instead. <laughs> yes, I will definitely do that, right? So, uh, let's get started with the episode. McLaren are racing in Formula One. Uh, they're, that's already happening. They're also racing in IndyCar since the last couple of seasons. Now we know that they have signed up to race in Formula E from the 2022-23 World Championship. Yes, Formula E becomes the World Championship from this season. So, you know, all in all, McLaren are racing everywhere. And there is news or there is talk that McLaren could race in the World Endurance Championship and the IMSA if uh, the rules sort of, you know, co- collaborate and you know, with regards to the hypercar, this is, as people would know it, the LMDH category. So lots of expansion plans for McLaren in the coming decade. And that's what's gotten us so excited. Such a delight, huh, Kunal, to see McLaren racing across all these different categories and series. And at least based on my knowledge of what I'm thinking right now, they're the first big brand uh, in recent times. I can't think of anybody else. Yes, and I think that's a great positioning for McLaren, right? Because let's be honest, guys, like McLaren are nowhere near 
their prime in Formula One. They, they're not winning races or world championships. They're not even fighting for it, right? And uh, we know the reasons why. I mean, they have endured their worst seasons in history in the last five to seven years. They've seen Hamilton go, then it was Mercedes that left, then the nightmares with Honda, the reunion with Fernando Alonso and several other nightmarish moments, right? Mithra? I'm also going to add actually losing Ron Dennis because um, that was also, uh, you know, one of those unfortunate bumps along the road. And I remember, Kunal, a few seasons ago, McLaren was uh, one of those cars on the grid with the least number of sponsorship logos. You remember that? Yes. So basically to see them coming out of that uh, that nightmare to rebuild their brand and grow, you know, with a, with a vision to the future. Very, very fascinating. Absolutely, it is. I mean, uh, I think it's very smart what they are attempting to do. Like we know from 2021, uh, they're going to be reuniting with Mercedes. So it's McLaren Mercedes from this season. And it's, again, it's very nostalgic, right, when it comes to talking about McLaren Mercedes. It literally seems like the McLaren today, you know, is far more uh, grounded and living in the reality of today. We were talking about how the brand has evolved. I mean, uh, what they attempted in, with Honda was great. Uh, I think for all of Ron Dennis's faults, he was right when he said that, you know, to win in the uh, hybrid turbo era, McLaren would need to be, you know, um, they would need their own engines rather than to be somebody else's customer. True. Yeah, and there are various ways of looking at McLaren's reunification with Mercedes. And one of the ways could be that, you know, if you can't beat them, join them philosophy. And personally, I don't see anything wrong in it. I mean, after all, let's remember, guys, McLaren is a business. They're in the business of racing. They they need to get good finishes. They need to sort of be seen in the fight. And that brings them more... PR, more more coverage, and all of that results into more followers and hence more sponsorships, right? And it's better to finish third several seasons should be, actually. I mean, look at Racing Point, right, Kunal? What they've done pretty much mirrors that. I mean, they're, they've been in the fight for third or fourth place, and there's so much positivity around the team. Uh, there's been a huge influx of sponsors. Um, so, you know, to me, 2021 will actually be a step forward for McLaren from 2020. And 2020 would have actually provided uh, McLaren a shot in the arm, to be honest, because they started the season with an absolute low. I'm sure you guys remember McLaren team members tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. And the team was forced to pull out of the Australian Grand Prix, right? And they actually ended the season on their biggest high of recent times, right? They finished third in the Constructors' Championship. I believe it was their best finish since the 2012 Formula 1 season. And I think that third place finish in the Constructors' Championship, Kulal, it summarizes it for them, you know, because they definitely did not have the third fastest grid on the uh, car on the grid. <laughs> yes. uh, it was a huge reward for the team to land up where they did. And uh, again, you know, my mind goes back to 2019. Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz, they were probably McLaren's only options as drivers. And that's why they landed up with the team. Uh, McLaren didn't have the results or the car really to attract a big name back to the team then. All it took literally was one good season and that, you know, prized reunification with Mercedes. And boom, Danny Ricciardo signs up with McLaren. Yes, and and uh, that's that's actually true because McLaren, Mercedes, Ricciardo, Norris, all of these will be most followed headlines uh, on track in 2021. And 
you know, since we are talking of McLaren, Mercedes, I'm actually going to drop a link in the description to the episode uh, in which McLaren Mercedes's double world champion Mika Hakkinen joined us not too many years ago. We had a lovely chat with him. So I'm going to drop a link uh, to that episode, guys. That was a very good episode, Kunal. Thank you. Anyway, so we've talked, uh, you know, we've talked uh, up McLaren Mercedes's uh, chances in Formula One in 2021. I think at the heart of this recovery, really, also, uh, we should talk about the leadership changes that McLaren make in, made in the post-Dennis era. Uh, so Zach Brown, uh, Andrea Seidel and even James Key, they've all played, uh, you know, crucial roles to get the team to where it is today. Yes, you know, the leadership changes have made a big difference. Talking about Dennis's leadership style, it worked in Formula One when it did, you know, the classic matrix style management that he was famous for. But I think teams and and the management, of course, need to evolve with time. And I think that's what Zach Brown has proved to have done so well with. And Again, I'll, I'll be honest, and I've said that at least, I've, I said I've been, I'll be honest several times in this episode, but I wasn't too sure about Brown's leadership at McLaren, you know, in the early days when they were still struggling, they were still sort of getting out of their nightmarish modes. And um, Zach has always been known as the sponsorship guy to go to in the world of motorsport. And I think at McLaren, he's shown how he's, you know, capable of handling more than just the commercial aspirations of a Formula One team and helmets off to Zach for doing that. You said it. (laughs) (laughs) We should do we should do like a bingo, you know, like where you have all your phrases and then you cancel it off every time you say it in the episode. Okay. Anyway. What will yours be? We'll come to that later. (laughs) But uh, so let's just talk about McLaren's uh, expansion, uh, you know, prominence across all motorsport categories. So with Formula One, McLaren get global exposure, you know, all continents except for Africa. Uh, The IndyCar program gets them prominence in the United States. Yes, and this year's Indy 500 will be even more special because the great one Pablo Montoya returns to race with McLaren. That is such a brilliant reunion that's going to happen. The greatest, I would say. Uh, I remember, you know, the good old days of uh, Montoya and Raikkonen, actually. I'm Um, not surprised that you mentioned that. I followed that rivalry so closely and I was like... uh, Hooked on, you know, to McLaren and to the sport. I I didn't know you would wait so long in the episode to bring Kimi Raikkonen into a McLaren Mercedes. I was actually going to say when you when you spoke about what my bingo would be, I was going to say, you know, insert Kimi Raikkonen comment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, back to the markets that McLaren will have a prominent exposure with. So with Formula E, they're going to have exposure in the electric uh, racing category. You know, again, global coverage. Limited as it may be, but still global. Yeah, limited, but very targeted, I would say. Yes, exactly. And then with the WEC and the IMSA series, there'll be, you know, sports car racing coverage in Europe and America. Yes. And of course, for those of you wondering why Australia and New Zealand is sort of left out, Zach Brown owns a V8 supercars team in that series. But I'm honestly not sure if McLaren will get involved in that series as well, right? But all in all, guys, McLaren plan to race in the top series across every category. And personally, I think this is going to be the story that will define McLaren in this decade, right? And I think it's a great story to chase. It's a positioning that's uh, sort of vacant in the world of motorsport, right? Because when you think Mercedes, you know that the Formula One world champions. When you think of Ferrari, you know that they, they are also exclusive to Formula One. And after that, there are lots of manufacturers racing in 
other series, but none of them sort of focusing on a Formula One program. So I think, like I said, great positioning for them to follow, to become the super brand in the world of motorsport. And Kunal, also since uh, glory in Formula One could well be a few seasons away, you know. So I think this route of being like this all-round uh, super brand team is amazing. It also reminds me of what uh, Fernando Alonso chose to do, you know, a few yeah. seasons ago. Uh, looking elsewhere, you know, when the grass wasn't as green in Formula One anymore. Basically, they're expanding horizontally to try and take over the world of motorsport and well, I'd say all the best to them. <laughs> yeah, and there'll be lots of benefits, of course. Different learnings that can be transferred between series. Different technologies as well, depending when there is, you know, an overlap and so on. But the best will be that McLaren will will have this great list of drivers who could go racing across series. Just, you know, in reference to what you said about Alonso, it's, it's, unf- it's unfortunate that Alonso is not going to be a part of the great driver lineup. But, you know... Uh, I think McLaren's driver lineup in the next three to five years when they are definitely racing across all these series will be a fantastic racing lineup in the world of motorsport overall. And, uh, you know, Patricio Ovart, he's uh, a former Red Bull junior driver. Uh, Felix Rosenquist as well. You know, they're going to be racing for McLaren IndyCar. And I can only imagine the excitement when they just step into a test with a McLaren Formula One car, right? And crossover is probably very easy to to happen they might not get to race but even if it's a test i think the whole world will go crazy the whole whole world of motorsport which is pretty much the whole world for us and uh, kunal this also reminds me that at the moment uh, mclaren they don't have a junior driver program and uh, i'm also thinking that they'll just be happy to buy talent off the market but i suspect that you know in the future perhaps the junior driver program will be one of the uh, important areas to expand into well, I, I can't say with a bit of surety because, I, as you guys know, I started the Force India driver program, right? Junior driver program. And it is a, a very tricky business to be involved in, you know, a junior driver program. But hey, guys, why not? You know, there's talent, there's money, there's sponsors. You need to have the right drivers tied in with your team at the right age. And I look at it from a junior driver perspective. Imagine being signed into a program where if you keep passing through the stages, the end result could be a Formula One or a Formula E or even a World Endurance Championship contract. And I think that in itself is very, very tantalizing, you know. Yeah, very fascinating for a driver, you know, so many varied uh, career opportunities, if you will. And also Kunal, the sponsors, uh, those partnering, uh, you know, with McLaren could actually get exposure across top racing series in the world. This will be Zach Brown's masterstroke. That's yeah. my prediction. Yeah, I, I think there are already a couple of smaller sponsors extracting this leverage between the Formula One and IndyCar programs. But I'm going to make a prediction, Mithila, that a major title sponsor will sign up with McLaren for exposure across all these racing series. I think that's what Zach Brown is capable of making happening. Right? I think the COVID-19 will make it tougher, but... Just another thought, right? The BWT sponsorship money is lying vacant from this season. As you guys know, Aston Martin or Racing Point has dropped them for a favor of the green color, right? So it could very well be, you know, if BWT goes sign up with McLaren or whoever they go up and sign up with eventually. And I wonder if McLaren would still hold on to the papaya colors or would they ditch it for the pink? Well, that's a very interesting angle, Kunal. 
Um, and also, you know, before we forget, I think uh, one of the reasons uh, McLaren's multi-series approach is possible is because of Liberty Media's openness. Uh, they've been allowing teams and drivers to not be exclusive to Formula One. And that's, I think, a big unlock. I mean, I remember how Bernie Ecclestone wanted full exclusivity from teams and drivers only for Formula One. True, yes. Very crucial factor. And another tipping factor for McLaren and for other Formula One teams to sort of race in other series is the budget cap which comes into force from this season. And, you know, when you come to think of it, the budget cap is actually a blessing for all concerned in the world of motorsport, right? So for Formula One and the teams, they get a more stable ecosystem and a business model to sort of operate in. And for the other series, you know, like Formula E, the VEC and so on, uh, they might just get some great racing brands to commit to factory teams rather than customer racing programs. And we already know that there are a couple of brands that are involved in Formula One that could be very well looking at other series. Basically, in a nutshell, if you're a brand owner or if you're working for a brand, guys, go ahead and explore a commercial partnership with McLaren. Uh, chances are, Kunal, that they're going to get more expensive as 2021 progresses. And that's, that's true. With McLaren raking in the results, I'm sure their, their rate card will also go up. But Zach, we know you're listening and we'll send you a commission invoice for all those sponsors who sign up for McLaren after listening to this episode, right? But thank you so much for listening, guys. It was a delight to sort of focus on McLaren and, and the positive brand that they're building or positive super brand that they're building in the world of motorsport. We'll see you next week. Adios.